Vandalism. There was the careless crime, such as the breaking of the Factory Act's regulations or parking and drinking laws, and there were embezzlement and fraud. From time to time also, there was sabotage, usually against one firm. There could be several motives for this. A manufacturer might be getting ahead of an unscrupulous competitor, or a man or group of men might have some personal feud against individuals or management. Occasionally, sabotage arose out of labour disputes, or had a political significance. Whatever the cause, it was usually possible to trace the culprits. Recently, over a period of two or three months, there had been reports of sabotage in power stations, which served heavy industries, using a lot of power. But neither reason nor perpetrator could be found. In the past week, there had been several such reports, and this morning's incident had been more serious than most. A transformer, sending out electricity to one of London's densely populated suburbs, had been damaged with a corrosive acid, which had been put into a plastic acid-resisting oil can. The machine minder, who had actually used the acid, had not known what was in the can. The report quoted the department manager as saying that he was above suspicion. Gideon was always sceptical of such claims, but in this case what he had learned from A.B. Division suggested that it was probably true. If it was, then someone unknown had filled the can and left it for another to use unwittingly. The incident had caused a blackout over a sixteenth of London delaying trains, bringing factories and docks to a standstill, causing risk to life in hospitals, and in all, making half a million people suffer to a greater or lesser degree. That was what worried Gideon. It could happen again, and on an even larger scale. It could disrupt the whole of London, and such disruption could lead to disaster. These were difficult and tense days for London, the home of a third of Britain's industry, particularly those industries which produced consumer goods. It was easy to forget that, as easy to forget that export orders could be seriously affected at a time when Britain had never needed greater productivity or more export markets. So this was not simply a matter of crimes to be stopped and criminals caught. It went much deeper. The smoke still billowed. Two more convoys of barges came into sight, fully laden, and then an empty one came along from the other direction. The wake from all of them caused a gentle, lazy swell. Swans appeared on the river, near the lunching truck driver, and several ducks, and, on the parapet close to him, were half a dozen pigeons. The truck driver was a man in his middle forties, rather small, wearing a faded blue coverall and, unexpectedly, brown sandals. He made clucking noises to the pigeons, as if imitating their call. Two small boys appeared out of nowhere to watch. Innocence, thought Gideon. Simple innocence. He remembered a notorious shoplifter who, whenever he was out of prison, spent his leisure time in feeding the pigeons which flocked near some of London's biggest buildings. 
the children, one might judge fairly accurately, to be innocent. But the man? There was simply no way of guessing what was going on in his mind. That lorry load of timber, for instance, could be stolen. Gideon half laughed at himself, turned, and nearly bumped into a young couple walking by. I'm sorry. The girl was fair and pretty. That's all right, she said almost gaily. The man had rugged features and fair curly hair. He simply nodded and seemed to grip the girl's arm protectively. Gideon crossed to his car. It was after six o'clock on a September evening, and in little more than an hour, dark would begin to fall. There would then be a different shift working at the power station, and it was quite possible that the saboteur would be back.